Good evening. Thankful to see each of you here today. We're thankful that another opportunity here to study from God's Word. You know, we talked about that one of our focuses this year is going to be on family, and so I thought we'd start with that this evening. Uh, is we're going to talk about preparing your own godly home. Now, this lesson is not for necessarily pointed at those that already have homes of their own, but for those that are contemplating a home of their own, those that are growing up in a Christian home, uh, preparing themselves for their own godly home at some point in the future. You know, it's always been difficult and a challenge to have a godly home in every age. You think about uh, some of the, uh, the places that we read about in the New Testament where the gospel was, was established. Some very difficult places to live and, and be faithful to God. Places like Ephesus and places like Corinth, places like Rome. A lot of areas that are very difficult to, to live and, and be godly. Anything about our nation today, just as bad, maybe not worse, but just as bad as some of those uh, societies that we saw then. In our postmodern society, it really, you know, it's hard not to think that the temptation for wrongdoing is maybe greater today than it was in the past. It's so much easier uh, and much more available things that are much more available. You know, in James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it says, Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. But when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And so uh, being tempted not, is not necessarily a sin, but giving in to that temptation certainly is. And so it's a lot easier, I think, because we're bombarded with so much from the world around us today, much more than maybe ever in the past. And, uh, you know, we need to be aware of what's around us. We need to be aware of the schemes of the devil, you might say, and his evil devices. As Paul in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11 says, For we are not ignorant of his devices. We've got to understand he is that ravening wolf. He is that uh, uh, roaring lion that's seeking to devour us. And he wants to devour us. He wants to devour our children. Now, when it comes to raising a child, there are some who have said, well, it takes a village to raise a child. And if we understand this to mean that the church can help, and, you know, that's what I think, is really emphasis or really important that we can help one another. It's time for us to do so, to utilize God's word to strengthen our families like the Lord wants us to do. And so as we study together, let us remember what Psalms 127 and verse 1 says, unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We've got to build the house the Lord's way. We must allow the Lord to build our houses rather than those things that influence us in our country. You know, we're to, uh, told in Romans 12 and verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so we have an important task before us in rearing godly families. But we must take on this challenge and please our Father in heaven that he may direct, that he may discipline and deliver our homes. And so we are to prepare uh, our homes to, to be godly homes. We're to prepare ourselves to be godly parents, to be godly grandparents. You know, prepare means to make ready beforehand for some purpose, use, or activity. 
It also means to put in a proper state of mind to work out the details of and to plan in advance. You know, preparation has always uh, been important to God. Remember in Genesis chapter 6, we're told there that the thoughts of man was continually evil on all, at all times. That man uh, is, is evil continually. And God commissioned Noah to prepare an ark. God knew what he was about to do. He knew that he was going to destroy the world by water. And he desired to save that faithful remnant uh, in the land and the animals of the land. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, it says, Which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, the like figure, wherein also even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so Noah prepared an ark to save mankind, to save his family. Just as that preparation saved Noah and his family, parents can aid the salvation of their children as they prepare, equip, and train uh, and lead the youth in pursuing godliness. Godly homes are not the result of an accident. They don't happen accidentally. Their development requires commitment, courage, and consistency. And so we're going to talk tonight about what are some of the characteristics of a godly home and, how, uh, and who is responsible for preparing young people to build a house like that of their own. What type of character must they possess now and what kind of person must they be growing into? Who should they seek in a mate? And so let us uh, study God's Word to enable our young people and ourselves to allow the Lord to build the house. And so some of the key principles here is, first of all, we must be faithful. We must build a house that is faithful, a home that is faithful in serving God. I can think of no greater example, at least in the spoken word, than the words of Joshua. Joshua 24 and verse 15, uh, he said there to, to the whole nation, he said, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwelt. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You think about our ungodly country, our ungodly world that we live in today. Whatever it does, whatever direction this nation goes, we will serve the Lord no matter what. Uh, and that needs to be uh, instilled in our children and we need to instill it in ourselves. The family that God builds has several particular characteristics. The primary objective in the life of God's family is to be uh, faithful to God and give strict attention to His will and His word. Every one of us, every member of the family must be dedicated to denying self and following Jesus. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know, the attitude of being trustworthy to God, we see it also in the life of Abraham. 
In Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19, God is speaking about uh, Noah. He said, or not Noah, Abraham. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Uh, God says, I know Abraham. I know the character of this man. I know what he will do. He will be faithful to me. And he will teach his children to be faithful to me. That is the attitude that we've got to have. The family must have dedicated leadership and members if it plans to please the Lord. Notice in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the plan for faithfulness, intergenerational faithfulness. It's simple. It says there here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. For a family to be faithful, they must know the Lord. They must love the Lord and they must know his word and his will. We've got to be faithful in serving God. Uh, we've got to teach our children to be faithful in serving God so they can teach their children to be faithful. We should be faithful in all that we do. Uh, should be uh, faithfulness in all that we do should be the aim for our families throughout every generation. Colossians three seventeen says, "And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him." That should be uh, everything we strive to do in every generation in our family. And so we've got to to be faithful in serving God. We've got to have a family uh, that is, we're, say, uh, flexible with one another. You know, every member of the family have their own problems and concerns to contend with. You know, every child is different. There are no two of them the same. They, they all have different ideas. Even uh, when they look exactly the same, they may not uh, have the same kind of personality at all. Each one has got to be treated differently upon who they are. And so we've got to learn to be flexible. Uh, what works for one child may not work for another. Therefore, we've got to exercise that flexibility and forbearance with one another. In Philippians chapter 2, you know, these are some of the attributes that we're to have. These are the attributes of Christ. As he says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What attitude or what mindset? Well, verse 2, fill, fill you my joy. That ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, a godly family understands that every person is maturing and will need discipline and encouragement to make it through both the good and the challenging times. 
You know, whether you're a parent or a child or another family member, it is important to remember the golden rule. To treat others as we would like to be treated. Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. And whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye even so unto them. We're to treat others the way we want to be treated. If everyone practiced the golden rule, there would be so much less strife in families. So reflecting on this rule reminds us to be patient, to be understanding and appreciative of others. You know, the family also must be focused on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Right after uh, listing these great people of faith throughout uh, the ages in chapter 11, he goes on to say in chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You know, focus is crucial in the life of a family. You know, we've got to make God and serving him, uh, the king of God, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, uh, it must be our primary focus, our first consideration. And so, uh, you know, we have a lot of harried schedules, though, don't we? There's a lot of things that go on in our lives. You know, kids in soccer, another kid's in, in theater, uh, another kid's got something in school. Uh, we're always busy running around. Uh, some like, sometimes it feels like you're just chasing your tail. With our hairy schedules and so many attractions and so many things that we're involved in, what should the family focus attention on above all other concerns? And of course, that is Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Especially with everything that bombards us today. We've got to keep our focus on Jesus. The family of God must stay centered on the proper reverence for God. Proverbs chapter 1 uh, beginning in verse 1, it says there, um, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to receive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and the dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If we're going to have wisdom, if we're going to have knowledge, we've got to begin with a fear for God, a reverential fear of God. And we must continue then to turn our attention as a family to spiritual growth. In the midst of all these secular responsibilities and other things that go on in our lives. In order to function appropriately in this world as God would have us to do. You know the final closing words in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. says but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 
And so the family must be faithful in serving God, must be flexible with one another, and must be focused on Jesus. And so uh, what type of character then must a young person have uh, now? What must you have now as a young person? First of all, you need to watch yourself closely. Watch your life closely. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, and continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. If you don't take heed unto yourself and to the doctrine of Christ, then you're not going to save yourself. You're not going to be saved yourself. Flee those things also which bring reproach upon yourself and upon Christ, while concentrating on being faithful to God now. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So stay away from those things that war against the, the soul and follow those things that make for righteousness and faith. That help you to grow closer to God. Help you to grow closer in your walk with Christ. You know, many believe that Christianity is something that they can get to later. They focus on something else now. I'm going to focus on school. I'm going to focus on uh, my career. And then later, maybe when I have a family, maybe we'll have time to start thinking about uh, becoming Christian, becoming faithful to God. Yet James chapter 2 and verse 19. That's not the right verse. (laughs) Where am I at here? James chapter 4, verse 15. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. And so that principle is true, not just for the aged, but for the young as well. Your life is but a vapor can be taken away like that. Seek to serve God now. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. The correct life must be practiced now. Don't wait. Some have been known to make mistakes in their teens that affect the rest of their lives. I've known people, and I'm sure if you've been around a little while, you've known people that you were a teenager with that they did something then that ruined their life, perhaps. They're having to deal with consequences of that sin for the rest of their life. You know, we need to understand that we ought to be holy as God is holy. And that's what he requires of us. 1 Peter 1.16 Because it's written, be ye holy. Why? Because God is holy. We're to strive to, to be holy as God is holy. The character which God approves must be in the heart. And then demonstrated in the life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So there are some characteristics that, uh, as a young person, that all young people, that all people must uh, embrace now. First thing is to be a person of integrity, doing what's right when only God is looking. You know, there's a common idea of what integrity is. It's, 
is doing what's right when no one's looking, but there's never a time when there's no one looking. God is always watching. Be a person of integrity. In Psalms 15, verses 1 through 5, we see what integrity is. It says there, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, and whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent, he that doeth these things shall never be moved. In Psalms 15, he's talking about the definition of integrity. That's what integrity is. And the part where it says, He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. That's integrity. If you say you're going to do something, do it. Even if it's harder than you thought it was going to be at the beginning. Honesty and uprightness should characterize all of your words and actions. You need to be a person of industry. A person who is busy doing uh, the work of the Lord. A person who is busy taking care of the things that they need to take care of. 1 Thessalonians 4.12 says that you may walk honestly toward them that are without, that you may have lack of nothing. Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10 says, And whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. You're to take responsibility for your own duties. It's so easy to just let somebody else do their thing. Well, somebody will do that. You need to take responsibility now. You need to be a person of investigation. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, But study to show thyself approved unto God, a person, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Give diligence. Work hard at it is what that means. To rightly handle the word of God. In Psalm 1 and verse 1. It says, There blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Study God's word. Be willing to invest time in your own learning and personal development. So what type of person must you be striving to grow into? You know, the one who is a mature Christian is what we're trying to be. What are the characteristics of a mature Christian? Well, one, they're patient and loving. They're firm when it comes to spiritual matters and understanding and balanced with dealing with others. 2 Timothy 2, 24, uh, down to verse 26 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men apt to teach, Patient in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Who are taken captive by him at his will. These characteristics will help us to be flexible when it comes to rearing a godly family. The golden rule applies to the young person in their future home in the Lord. Number two, uh, cultivate a humble attitude 
in relation to God and in relation to our fellow man. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 8 says, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. And so we're to have that kind of attitude that we can take a rebuke to be humble. To take that rebuke, to, to uh, take that chastisement, and to grow from it. You know, as parents, when we punish our children, we're not, doing, we're not punishing our children to get even with them. We're not punishing them to uh, make them suffer. We're punishing them to help them to learn. And they need to learn that humility. The arrogant of the proud, they're not going to listen to the Lord's teaching. They will not submit and be blessed. You know, we've got to practice humility. And it begins in the days of our youth. The sooner that quality describes us, the sooner the, we experience the benefits of leading our lives and our future families according to God's will. Along with this, when it comes to developing a godly home, what type of person must a young person seek as a mate? You know, those of you who are dating or contemplating marriage, you need to ask yourself the question, can this person help me go to heaven? To the young men, are you ready to lead a, a wife home to God? 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Are you the kind of man that will help lead a wife and a family to God? To the young lady. The young ladies that are contemplating marriage or dating someone, will this person help you go to heaven? 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-6 through 6 says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of their wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be with the outward adorning of plating of the hair, or the wearing of gold, or putting on of apparel, but it let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Is the person you're dating going to help you go to heaven and turn it back around? Are you going to help the person you date go to heaven? That's the kind of person that you ought to seek in a mate. That's the kind of person you ought to strive to be. It's important to seek a person who is balanced and thinking and willing to go to the Lord in everything. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 3 through 5 says... Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So, thou found, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding. In the sight of God and man, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean unto thine... Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Seek a person who is striving to be like Christ. You know, a lot of folks, they focus on the outward appearance. 
You need to be looking for one who has that precious Christ-like qualities on the inside. Isaiah 53 and verse 2 uh, says of Christ, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. It's what's on the inside that matters. It's who Christ was that mattered more than what he looked like on the outside. We need to strive to find someone, to meet someone, to make a home with someone that loves God and wants to be like Christ. You know, I'm afraid, though, for many people, they're willing to settle for what the world has to offer rather than what God has to offer. It's important to seek a mate that loves and obeys God in all aspects of his life. You know, don't be deceived by one who is just a church attendee, but has not surrendered his allegiance to Christ. You know, I know of a story of a, of a brother in India. He set up, of course, they arranged marriages. He arranged a marriage for his daughter. He arranged a marriage with a, for his daughter with this man that was not a good, faithful man. He was not a godly person. Now, he obeyed the gospel, and then, of course, after they had already set up the marriage, he obeyed the gospel, or at least he claims to have obeyed the gospel. A year later, he rejected the gospel, but, uh, uh, and, and, of course, the, the marriage ended up in a total wreck, a total disaster. But uh, he was not the kind of person that was seeking God. Don't be deceived by someone like that. And make sure that you're such a person yourself. One who's truly striving to be Christ-like. You know, it's often said that good guys or good gals finish last. But I know that good, faithful Christian finishes strong. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22 uh, it says, And they shall be, ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. You know, let no one fool you into thinking that just because everyone else is doing something that you are missing out. Don't believe them and follow their mistake to become your mistake also. Proverbs 1.10 says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Pursue godliness and start planning now to build your godly home. Pursue godliness, though, only by first rendering faithful obedience to Christ. The only way to build a godly home, the only way to invite Christ into your home is to first invite Christ into your life. Believe that He is the Son of God and that as the Son of God He died so that you can be forgiven of your sins. Based upon your belief, repent. Turn away from sin. Follow Him. Confess your belief that He is the Son of God. And then be baptized to wash away your sins. And continue faithfully serving Him. Tonight if you're here and you want to become a Christian, we've just told you how to be saved. It's up to you to put on Christ in baptism. It's up to you to submit to the will of God. If you're here today as one who's a Christian but haven't been faithful, it's time to come home. Tonight if we can help you to return to God, we can help you to become a child of God. Won't you please come forward to the front as together we stand and sing.